cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got Hey, Canteeners, welcome back to another episode of Culper's Canteen Cup. This is episode 48. We really hope you enjoyed uh, last week's episode with uh, Tom and Jen Satterley. If you haven't listened to that, stop this right now. Go back and listen to that one because it's a powerful episode. I think you'll really get a kick out of it. Carlton Zeus, for once, was was proud of that podcast. He didn't really have any problems with it, and we appreciate him letting us use uh, his music. That's uh, Alpha Child off of uh i can't remember which album man i have so many of them i listen to them so often and they all just kind of blend together because they're all so great but uh yeah you know we figured we'd uh we do we just we just have the canteen cup this week uh no no guests maybe we'll get back to some guests uh later on down the road uh we, we've had people uh calling up uh and messaging us saying they have a hankering to listen to some politics talk and some current events talk so we're going to get back to that this week uh, I think we're titling this one Saint Joe of Scranton, patron saint of lost minds. Now, old Joe Biden, we're going to give him a chance. We're going to give him a chance. But uh, boy, he has not disappointed in the first six days, seven days of his presidency. I think it's uh, 40 executive orders uh, so far. Uh, he's already got some uh, some issues to deal with. Old Jen Psaki, his uh uh, press secretary is really fielding some good questions, making a reminding us all what a great professional she is. Boy, I'll tell you what, she's just the embodiment of prestige and personality and just straight professionalism. She pisses excellence, I'm telling you. She's been a lot of fun to watch so far. I uh, hope you guys got out and bought some uh, GameStop stock, uh, maybe uh, <laughs> Friday afternoon or maybe Monday morning, maybe uh if you if you drop ten thousand into GameStop and got out uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, hey, we're looking for some sponsors. So give us a call. <laughs> we'll talk about that maybe this episode a little bit because I'm really I mean I really find what happened uh, this week with GameStop, AMC, uh, BlackBerry, and Nokia. I think it's it's very fascinating, and I, I think we'll we might try to get into that this podcast if we can not talk about Joe Biden so much. So I'm going to kick it to Roger, and uh, he can give us his uh, his views on the first few days of the Biden presidency and the the just glorious executive orders we're seeing so far. Yeah, so this has been a train wreck, and I tell you, I'm willing to give anybody and everybody a chance. Obviously, he's the president of the United States, and we want to be successful, and and hopefully everybody prospers, and we employ folks, and our healthcare improves, and education, and everything across the board. So. It's not like I just want anybody, regardless who it is, to go in there and just completely fail. Uh, and I think even people have addressed that with us on social media, and it's kind of like the the UN Human Rights Council, right? Like, I'm supportive of the UN Human Rights Council. What I'm not supportive of is China being the head of the UN Human Rights Council, because I know what they bring to the table. Okay, it doesn't mean that I, does, I don't support the mission, but uh, maybe I don't necessarily support the route that you're taking. I think what you're also starting to see, which, and some of the folks that are out there that are that are more seasoned than we are with this, I, I believe, like I really saw this with Barry's administration, because I, again, you know, there there are folks that have followed this a lot longer than us, but it seems like even back to the Clinton days and and previously, we really had the same goals. The left and the right had the same goals for America, and. It was much more of a, for lack of a better term, is much more of a nationalist goal, America first. We just had different ways of getting there. And, and, there, and people had different definitions of what prosperity was and what we needed to do to obtain those goals. Barry brought in a different perspective 
and it was more of a globalist perspective, very similar to what Luke has uh, living over in Slovenia. So he brought in this globalist perspective where it's not about America being first and America, you know, succeeding. It's, well, the world needs to succeed led by America. And, and, and so when I see that, it's like, okay, well now we're not lo- no longer, we're not going to the same, uh, you know, the same objective or the same goal, trying to accomplish the same goals. We actually have different goals. So I think going forward, I'll save a lot of that, but uh, you know, over the next couple of years here, we'll see how that plays out. But I really think that there is a difference uh, in the goals that are set and the objectives versus what it was maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, what have you. As far as his executive orders up front, Every president has used them. I think uh, what every president all the way back to George Washington, with the exception of of William Henry Harrison, and that's because he died, what, his first month in office or whatever. So he just didn't have, I, mean, I guess he had 30 days to, to enact some executive orders. So maybe he did throw out a couple. I don't know. But uh, I don't overly have too much heartache with executive orders. The problem that I have is one, the hypocrisy. And I think, Josh, you posted something like this on the Facebook uh, where he came out with his Twitter, you know, talking about what uh, executive orders, you know, dictators use those and this and that or whatever. You can go into more than that. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, you just actually set the historical record for the amount of executive orders used uh, in the first day and in the first week of, of a presidency. But I think it's the intent of the executive orders. And when I read into the history of them, and I'm not a big uh, historian, you know, about you know, executive orders and as far as where it comes from. But it looks like, obviously, they're, they're legit. They're, they're kind of sort of based in Article 2 of the Constitution that gives the, uh, the president the executive power to establish some types of policies and procedures. But it's supposed to be based on the Constitution and legislation that has already been passed. And so it's there to provide directives and guidance to things that are always on the, you know, already on the books. Because obviously when they write laws, and it's hard to believe, I know, because a lot of these things are like 5,500 pages, that they don't cover every single aspect of, of every thought process that, that, that would you know, even tangentially relate to the bill or the law. But some things are left out, some intents are left out, and so the whole goal uh, for the executive orders are to clarify those, and it also gives the president some leeway when they come in to kind of shift the direction a little bit based on what their philosophies are. So I don't, in general, I don't have a, a problem with the executive orders off the bat. What I have a problem with is when you start to use that to legislate and obviously the, the hypocrisy of it. So I don't know, Josh, you want to, uh, I can read off a couple of the executive orders. Do you have any off the top of your head that uh, just really piss you off or just really stupid? Or, I mean, I guess we could start with the, uh, the Keystone pipeline, right? I mean, I don't know. Was that an exa- I know he, they pulled the permits. Was that an exa- actual like executive order? Or they just pulled the permit. I think they just pulled a permit. I don't think that one was an actual an actual executive order. I have to go back and uh, and check. I've literally been trying to keep up with the executive orders that he's, that are coming out, and I, I just I, I can't. Every time I every time I was like, okay, this is a, you know executive order. Somebody turns around and is like, well, no, there's three more, right? Yes. And you know, having a life and you know having a job, you know, outside of uh, outside of C three, like it's just it's hard. It's super hard to keep up. One of the ones, one of the ones that really pissed me off. Uh, was the executive order uh, stopping the uh, the foreign arms sales to the United Arab Emirates? Uh, that one that one really pissed me off. As we are going through you know the Middle East and Middle East and, and building allies, you know part of the part of those historic deals uh, and tre- you know, treaties with Israel. I have no doubt some of those are based on promises of, you know, of arms sales. And I'm okay with that. Right. That's how, that's how, you know, 
foreign policy works. It, it, it is truly a quid pro quo. Uh, and a, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people understand that. Uh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. Uh, but the, the UAE one was, was pretty significant, especially as Iran, you know, as we, as we move to try and keep Iran in check in the region, the last people you want to upset over there are, are the, you know, are the Sunnis, are the Saudis, you know, the Jordanians, um, you know, and folks like UAE who, you know, we've had, we've got bases there. We, you know, they've allowed us, you know, to use, use that area, you know, to move, move in and out of. So that one, that one really upset me, right? And it, it, it upset me more because unlike you two, I'm not going to give Joe Biden a chance. Uh, I have 47 <laughs> years. I have 47 years of Joe Biden to know what he's going to do. I don't, I am not going to give the dude a chance. It's not like he's gotten better. It's not like he all of a sudden he figured shit out. It's not like all of a sudden Joe Biden has turned over a new leaf. And you know what? I, w- I was wrong. Former you know, Secretary of Defense Robert Gates was right. I have been wrong on every major foreign policy decision in the last 40 years. It's not like he all of a sudden he's like, OK, yeah, I, yeah, I need to tack and you know, take a different direction. So I'm not giving the dude a chance because he's a moron. If you saw the video yesterday, the guy couldn't even put his pen back in his coat pocket. He fumbled with that for a good probably 25, 30 seconds. And, you know, then he then he dropped the F-bomb, which is fine, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, today, Darren, he, uh, he signed executive orders. Again, there's a video of him cranking out some more executive orders. And he's talking about Trump. And he's like, this one right here is going to undo what the president did. You know, but, uh, the former president. And it's like, dude, you, <laughs> you don't even know where you're at. So, no, I'm not giving Joe Biden a chance. He's had 47 years to uh, to fix it. He hadn't fixed it. Uh, you know, fool me once. Shame on you. You know the rest. Uh, so that one, you know, that one frustrated uh, frustrated me. And the other one was the, uh, the you know, the racial equality thing. Uh, so that one is it, it, silly just automatically right out of the gate right so if we you know we talk about racial equality and we talk about this and we talk about that i hold on hold on dude i i don't I, i'm sorry to step on you but dude it's not equality in that executive order it's equity racial equity oh, so what's your equity off, uh, yeah is that the t- is that the, is it is actually equity and not equality in the title yeah, it's equity. Yeah, the okay. one you're talking about is racial equity. But okay. I, and there's a difference. There is no, absolutely a, a difference. huge and difference. You, yeah. Okay. So 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 equities, right? So I, I I saw I saw EQ, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, equality, um, right? No, but equity. So I, again, I'm a I'm a product of Florida public schools. Uh, you know, Luke is a lot smarter than me. He actually he actually read the whole damn thing. Um, <laughs> Instead of me glancing at a headline and then going off on it. Um, yeah, so equity. So so let's talk about that, boys and girls. Uh, so racial equity, right? Uh, let's see, where does that lead us? Well, you have too much, and since you're white, it's probably ill-gotten. So we're just going to kind of spread that wealth around. Anybody say, is this familiar to anybody? Maybe, you know, maybe some 2008 Barry. We're going to spread that around, maybe a little bit of Hillary, too. You know, at a certain point, you made it, you know, you made enough money. Um, So when you talk about that and I I have to go in and, you know, try and read the entire thing. 
you know, I'm a, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's some, uh, you know, some critical race theory uh, mandates in there. Uh, you know, and everybody's aware of critical race theory where it doesn't matter if you're woke or not. If you are white, you are inherently racist no matter what. It doesn't matter how woke you are. So for all of my left leaning friends who are out there virtue signaling and, you know, you change your Facebook profile photo to, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Take it down because you're racist. And it, it, that's that's critical race theory saying that not, you know. Not me. So I'm sorry to inform you. Uh, you can turn your virtue signal off and, uh, and go ahead and accept the fact that your whiteness makes you racist. That one, I think, especially the equity, man, that just made, dude, that makes it 100 times worse. Uh, so I just pulled up the executive order and, and you can go into it right after this. I just want to read you the definition that they use. So for purposes of this order, A, the term equity means the consistent and systematic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals, including individuals who belong to underserved communities that have been denied such treatment, such as black, Latino, and indigenous and Native American persons, Asian Americans, fuck yeah, Pacific Islanders, and other persons of color, members of religious minorities, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer, plus persons, persons with disabilities, persons who live in rural areas, and persons otherwise adversely affected by persistent poverty or inequality. So I think, I guess I'm looking, it goes back to that systematic, uh, you know, racism that you, you know, you had spoken about several episodes ago, like, hey, what, what institution does that? What, in, what, what executive order, what law out there, right? So anyway, that, that's, the, uh, that's the definition according to the executive order. Systematic and institutional racism in the United States of America is a myth. It is 100% a myth, right? And so for you, for you people out there who are a little, a little dense and you know, a little obtuse, we're not saying that racism doesn't exist. Racism 100% exists. I think all of us kind of, I think all of us acknowledge that, right? There, there are racist people out there. You know, both, all, all of yep. us have traveled the world enough to know that there's good people and bad people from every race. There's good people and bad people from every country. There's good people and bad people of every religion, so on and so forth. Um, but when you talk about, you know, systemic, systematic and institutional racism in the United States, when people say that, it's a very, you know, obviously it's a very broad term. You know, it's very nebulous. And when you ask them what institution and what law right now on the books is racist and nine out of 10 people can't tell you that. And then they throw around and be like, well, you're racist for even asking that you're racist for saying that necessarily. And then the conversation just kind of goes south from there. And so it's 100 percent a myth that it, it, it does not exist. If anything is racist, affirmative action is racist. So if you have two military officers, one is white and one's a minority, and everything is exactly 100% the same and they're up for promotion, guess what? Guess who's getting promoted? The minority. Why? Because of affirmative action and the requirement to promote minorities. Sorry, dude. Sorry, you're the same. Sorry, but we're going to go ahead and select somebody based on the color of their skin. And last time I checked, that was racist. I don't... I don't really know how else to, to, to say that. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, well, I'm going to, you know, Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris. People, and this is a thing, we, we, this happened right after the inauguration. Uh, real quick, and I'm going uh, uh, to get it over to Luke. But people are like, oh, Kamala is 100% qualified to be the vice president of the United States. 
Okay. Well, just because you were the attorney general and you locked up innocent black men, um, you know, for smoking pot, something that you did, that you joked about doing, uh, you know, the fact that you ignored exculpatory evidence to release some of those black men. I don't know. Maybe that does make you, you know, uh, qualified to be the vice president of the United States of America. Well, but don't you forget, don't for- forget, you have to keep black people in prison because of labor. Right. Yes. You need the cheap yes. labor, right? I mean, that's what came out of that. We're not we're not bullshitting. That's that's like not verbatim. But when you read her her reasoning for it, it is because we need the cheap labor. Yeah. But when you look at it, Kamala Harris was not picked because of her, you know, the her, her enumerated degree from the institution of your choice. Kamala Harris was picked because she is a black female. When Joe Biden came out and said, I'm going to pick a woman of color right then. Everything should have stopped. Joe Biden, who has a record of being a racist, everybody should have stopped and said, hold up. You are picking somebody for a job based on their sex and the color of their skin. I, I don't know if we could I don't, I don't know if you could define sexism and racism any more clear than picking somebody for the equipment between their legs and the, you know, melanin in their skin. Like I like, it's just to me that's insane, and then people are like, "I'm so happy we had our first, you know, vice president of color." Okay, one, not the first vice president of color. It was like, well, I, female vice president of color. Okay, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to pick people for jobs based on their junk and their, you know, skin color, sure, yeah, good job, way to get there. You got there because an old white guy picked you and drug you there. The same white guy that you, you know, you you accuse of sexual assault. Um, and then you offered, you know, then he offered you a job and you took it. But consider your track record with Willie Brown. Yeah, that's kind of par for the course for for you, Kamala. So I'll uh, I'll stop rambling on and uh, I'll, I'll give it over to Luke. And uh, I won't even ask him a question. Then talk for another five minutes. I'll just go ahead and give it to him, <laughs> and he can say whatever he's thinking. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I was I was. Uh, I, I, we all knew it was coming. You know, I didn't watch, honestly, I didn't watch uh, Joe Biden's speech. I haven't read it. I probably should have watched, I probably should have at least listened to it or read it, but I haven't. I've heard it all before. And uh, I'm sure people on the other side would say the same thing uh, if a Republican was was nominated. So I don't, I don't really feel bad about it. But the, the media that night, uh, hence the title of the episode, was just, uh, I mean, they were in rare form. I mean, the, the one lady saying... The lights along the Washington Memorial. If you look at them from overhead, it almost is as is as, and it was actually a guy saying this. He said, "It's almost as if Joe, they're Joe Biden's arms stretching out to hug America and bring us together." I mean, <laughs> I don't have the exact quotes because it was it was so ridiculous. You know the puff, the puff stuff they were saying. It's like, man, wow, this is uh, what did Chris Wallace something say? Else, man. It, uh, I don't. Oh, what did he say? Uh, the, I always think it tingle up the leg. What did Chris, best inauguration yeah. speech he's ever yeah. heard? And he's heard. Yeah, and I wrote something to the effect of, "Yeah, this guy heard. I think JFK. Uh, well, it's reasonable that he heard JFK's all the way up. You know, go down the list, man. Ronald Reagan, uh, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. But no, Joe Biden's was the best. And maybe it was for him. I don't know. But that makes me question his." Uh, I don't know, his objectivity if he says something like that. And I, I got to wondering that night, as we all did before, is like, how long is this honeymoon going to last? You know, and um, man, I don't know. I give it 
another couple months maybe uh, before they're there's they're gonna start turning on him because this stuff like like Josh was saying him not being able to put his pin in his pocket he was obviously lost I watched that video like a dozen times trying to figure out man what's he doing and I realized well he's an old man he's an old man in, in dire need of you know upping the Aricept medication which is Alzheimer's medication that guy is in, is he's not in good shape. And uh, they're going to turn on him eventually. I don't know when that's going to happen. Jim Psaki's not helping helping matters. It's it's, it's crazy. It's like watching a, a puppy, that would be Jim Psaki, play with a bunch of kittens or I don't know. I, it's, it's weird. The press is acting, you know, it's the, 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 the hard-hitting question about is, is Joe Biden going to change the interior of Air Force One, the color scheme of Air Force One? Well, that's a great question. It's like, how long is this going to last? Man, this is not red meat. People will not watch it. It will not get ratings. There has to be something. Something's going to happen. I think that, you know, these executive orders, we've been focusing on the feel-good executive orders a little bit, and that's exactly, they're, they're feel-good, but they're temporary feel-good. You know, uh, it's not fulfilling. It's not, you know, now we're going to talk, maybe we'll talk about race a little bit here. I mean, when Barack Obama won the presidency, I'm not going to say he won it specifically because he's black. You know, that, that might've been a factor of it, but I'm sure for the black community, when Barack Obama won, it was a little bit fulfilling because I mean, you know, he, he put himself up there as a good candidate and he legitimately won. You know, there were no dirty tricks there, and that was very fulfilling. This stuff about promote, you know, uh, I think it was Klobuchar who first said, I think he should select a female of color. It's like, how is that fulfilling to females of color when it's like he's backed into that corner of having to do that? It was granted to them. If you want to get all, you know, SJW and intersectional about it, it was granted to that female of color by a white, old, white, rich male. So how is that fulfilling? How is this all this racial equity with COVID-19? How is that fulfilling to the to the under, underserved as they say communities? How's that fulfilling to them? An executive order that's going to do what? I mean, Donald Trump, you know, who knows what he would have done if he had another 4 years in office, but he did have a plan, 500 500 billion dollar plan to target underserved communities. Now, if he would have followed through on that, that would have been something. That would have been $500 billion worth of a plan. Now we're getting executive orders saying we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And let me tell you, nothing's going to be done. Nothing's going to be done to change the situation. Because if the situation did change, it would not be good for Democrats. It wouldn't. So there's that. You know, uh, uh, The uh, Keystone Pipeline actually was a, an executive order. Executive order refocusing on the climate crisis and canceling the Keystone XL permit. And I'll let Roger get into, uh, what is it, John Kerry's uh, very sage words of wisdom about what uh, what those people who are going to lose their jobs are going to have to do. I think it was John Kerry. The one executive order I see having the most so far, so far, the most um, far-reaching consequences, if it actually is followed into law, is the executive order incorporating undocumented immigrants into this census. Now, that's a big deal. That's a big deal for a number of reasons. And maybe we can break that down on this episode or later. But I see that one as a fairly important one if that one can actually be followed through and they figure out a way to count all that stuff. And that will lead to you know, a plethora of other problems with, when it comes to uh, immigration, customs enforcement, things like that, pulling funds from the border law, whatever. All this stuff is just feel good. Now, one thing caught my attention today 
is uh, the Biden appointee who's the, uh, I think she's the envoy to the UN. What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Thomas Greenfield is her last name. She is now questioning the State Department's uh, methodology when the State Department and the Trump administration labeled uh, what's going on with the Uyghurs in China as a genocide. So she came out and announced, well, we're going to relook that. We're going to relook the fact that we labeled what China is doing to the Uyghurs, putting a million people plus three million in concentration camps in uh, Western China. We're going to relook that because we're not sure the State Department followed the right procedure when they made that determination. So it's like you talk about a bad optic, man. I mean, I know people have already forgotten about Hunter Biden and the fact that he took a Air Force One or whatever over to make a, a private deal with Chinese. I mean, that's a bad optic for, you know, so-called China Joe to say, well, we're not sure now uh, if that's a genocide or not what's going on, even though the former the previous administration did label it. We're going to relook that. That to me is a bad optic. And this is me giving Joe Biden a chance. It's like, OK, Joe. You know, maybe you can back out of this China Joe stuff, but this is not a good start when, you know, your your envoy to the U.N. is saying, yeah, we're going to relook that. And maybe you're not treating the Uyghurs as bad as Trump made it out to be. Bad optics, man. Bad optics uh, so far. Uh, <laughs> there's so many executive orders, like 40. We could do a three hour show on this. Roger looks like he's taking notes right now. I'm scrolling through. Uh, you know, you got the DACA, and that was just day one, man. God, and there's so many more on day two, uh, and a lot of stuff that's already being done. There was one I read, I don't even remember uh, what it was about, but it's like, well, isn't that already on the books? Isn't that already a law? Like the Another one was the mask mandate on federal property. Last I looked, that was already the case. If you came upon federal property, technically you had to wear a mask. But you got to sign an executive order so that you it remind the American people, we want masks. And the next executive order on day eight is going to be two masks on federal property. <laughs> right, Roger? I mean, I don't know, man. Well, the thing it's is, they, a signed, lot of stuff going on. they signed the executive order on wearing masks, and they don't wear the masks. So, I mean, I, that's what kills me. It's like, okay, so last time I checked... Uh, White House was federal property, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, last time I checked, the White House press briefing room was in the White House and on federal property. So how come that anybody that talks on that podium doesn't have to wear a mask? There, there, there's an executive order saying that you have to wear a mask. And then you say, well, okay, you know, they've been tested or whatever. Well, again, it just goes back to the whole hypocrisy and the optic of it. So I, I've sat there and I, and I I actually rewinded it several times. I watched several different uh, speeches that were given from the press room, and including Kerry was there and Psaki and a whole bunch of other folks. So they all wear masks up to the podium, take the mask off, give their briefing, step away, put the mask back on, and you know turn it over to somebody else. Not once does the microphone get changed out. Right. That doesn't happen at all. So the one thing that's the closest to your mouth that they're spitting in and spewing all the coronavirus and this and that, they don't change it out. And then every time you see Joe Biden in the White House um, in that federal property, shouldn't he have to wear a mask? Uh, when he took a picture with his family, everybody except for Hunter and I guess one of the grandkids was probably missing. Uh, when they took the whole picture there, you know, nobody was wearing masks. And when they asked Pisaki about it, what was her thing? It was a historic celebration. 
So is, is that the threshold now? So if it's a historic celebration, which I guess you know, I, I, is very subjective, I don't know who determines whether it's a historic celebration or not, but if it's a historic celebration, then you don't have to wear the mask. Uh, if it's not deemed a historic celebration, then you have to wear it. But if you're in the press room, you don't have to wear the mask. Um, but you have to wear the mask up to the podium. We'll leave the same microphone. It, it just doesn't make sense, right? It goes back to the, to the whole hypocrisy of it all, and it, it's just it's ridiculous. Josh, you look like you're chomping. What's up? No, I, mean, I was just going to say the rules. Rules are for peasants. The rules. Well, and that's the point. That's yeah. the whole point. It's everybody telling you, us, what we have to do. Yeah. But they don't have to follow. It's like the climate czar. I actually wrote this down for later because I didn't want to get into it yet. But you talk about John Kerry. One, I, and I sent this to both of you earlier today. Why is he even, John Kerry, why is he even back? Why did anybody bring that guy back? I mean, he was gone for a while, right? Like, it was like a couple of years. He was gone. I mean, outside of his, his last trip that he took to Iran or whatever, which I think was probably violating, you know, some laws, just saying. But, uh, you know, okay, that wasn't pursued, whatever. He goes there, does this little thing, comes back, and then he, like, disappeared for years, and they bring this dude back. So now he's the climate czar who's going to tell you, well, one, so rejoining the, the Paris uh, Climate Accord, which they have already come out and said the U.S. does not need to rejoin this accord. They, they have come out and said that, actually, we don't need the U.S. because their levels are kind of already low, right? Yep. Um, it's also non-binding. And yep. I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it considers China and India and I think maybe one other country, like Pakistan or something, as a developing country. Right. So if you're a developing country, then obviously... They don't, you don't have, have to follow have to, the you rules. Know, right, you don't have to follow anything. No. And so with that, with us re-entering the Paris uh, Climate Accords, which they were very smart not to call it a treaty, because then that would have required congressional Senate. approval, right? So us rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, that only benefits China. And again, here's why I'm not giving Joe Biden a chance. Joe Biden has already shown that he will bow to China, literally, like Barry, Right. He will bow to China and he will get he will he will acquiesce uh, maybe because, you know, Hunter's got quite a few business deals there. You haven't seen you haven't seen Hunter in a while. Right. And I really it it just is kind of off topic. But going back to your mask about them celebrating and stuff, I noticed that Joe, one of Joe Biden's grandkids wasn't there. (laughs) I don't know where I don't know where his grandkid was. Maybe it was with, uh, you know, Hunter Biden's, uh, you know, his his favorite stripper in uh, in Arkansas. I don't know. I so I digress. But so what is what is that going to cost the United States to reenter the Paris Climate Accord? It's going to cost us a minimum one point seven trillion dollars. Right. Because you got to pay. Everybody's putting money. All the countries involved in the Paris Climate Accord is putting money in there. And guess who doesn't give a shit? Because one, it's non-binding. And even if it was, they wouldn't follow it anyway. China. China's going to get some of that money, a lot of it. And China's going to keep doing China's going to keep being China. Right. They have China has their 50 year plan and they are they are on the road to it. You know, you've got the the Belt Road Initiative that China's working on and everybody, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, China's an economic partner and they're really not bad people. I'm telling you right now, we are we continue to position ourselves to be at a severe disadvantage if we ever had to go to guns with China. It would be ugly, and it's gonna. It, it would be ugly very quickly. Uh, you know, China just got caught 
they sent a fleet of 300-something fishing vessels off the coast of the Galapagos Islands, and they raped the fishing grounds there. Off the coast, that's a UN-protected site. You think China gives a shit? No. But what are we going to do? We're going to relook what they did to the Uyghurs, you know, out in western China, where, you know, they have, you know, maybe a couple million in, in concentration camp, and they're sterilizing women. They're literally going to breed them out. But we, we need to relook, you know, calling them bad and saying, you know, labeling them as, you know, extremists or labeling them as, you know, uh, it, it is absolutely crazy. When was the last time? When was the last time we sat idly by as millions of people were, you know, were, were slaughtered? What what do we call that? Yeah, I think we we just celebrated the, you know, the liberation mm-hmm. of of the first uh, of the first camp, right? Yesterday, day before yesterday, National Holocaust Day. It's happening right now in China, and we're not doing anything about it. We are sitting back, admiring the problem. Why? China Joe. That's why, and I know. I forget who was one of y'all. They were like, Joe Biden's initially, he was like, not a piece of shit. Joe Biden's a piece of shit. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to continue to say it. I'm going to stand by my statement. Joe Biden is a piece of shit. Even if Joe Biden doesn't know what day it is, he's a piece of shit. Because if he doesn't know what day it is, he should know enough. Hey, man, I should not have my finger on the button right now. Like, like I'm not okay. He should put country over himself and go away. Go away quietly. He should have never ran. They forced him into that. And, they, dude, the people, his family, his wife, Dr. Jill, guess what? You're a piece of shit, too. You're putting your husband through that. You know he's not okay. You know that that man is not doing well. But I digress. Yeah, dude, the, the Paris Climate Accord, it's all bad. It's all bad for well, the United you, you States. You brought up something that we, we kind of touched on at the very beginning. It's this whole you know, this globalist mentality and both of us with our backgrounds, you know, one of the first things that we learned back in our schooling was nations don't have friends, they have interests. Mm-hmm. And the common person doesn't understand that. Do you, if you think for one second that any of those other countries give two shits about the United States and, and, and how good we're doing or, you know, to make sure, you know, ensuring that we prosper, they don't give a shit. It's all about them, right? Each country is like that. That's, it's it's yeah. about their survival, their prosperity. And oh, by the way, if it benefits them to be allies with the United States, and they do that, right? Yeah. Or to trade with the U.S. or, or yeah. whatever. And and huh? that's okay. And even and we do that, right? We do that right. with some countries. And the, and that's okay. That's fine. You know, exactly. I go back to the. I go back to the I go back to Game of Thrones, and at the end, you know, toward, uh, I guess the last season, season you know, two seasons before last season, whatever. But when Tyrion is telling telling Khaleesi, like, "Hey, you're in the great game now, and a great game is terrifying, right? We're in the great game, and that's fine. We we have allies, but we also have interests. We have countries that, hey, I'm going to part with you because I'm interested. I'm not really your ally, and that's fine. That's okay." But people who think China is our friend, people who think Russia is our friend, I'm telling you right now, you're high. You are higher than Snoop Dogg. You are absolutely <laughs> out of your gourd. It's, it's absolutely one of the things. One of the things, like it or not, like it or not, Roger does not like it. But like it or not, one of the things that sets, I think we, all three of us have traveled around the world. One of the things that sets the U.S. apart from most other countries, I haven't seen too many others like this, is, uh, for example, I've been in countries before, I might be in one currently, where 
if shit really went down here, the U.S. would send their best, uh, the youngest, the bravest, you know, whatever, over here to die for their country, for another country. Some shit goes down in the U.S., those countries are not going to do the same. So, so like it or not, that is the U.S. mentality. It, it really is. I mean, we, we ha- not only do we want to do it, we have the means to do it. And I want to piggyback on what Josh said about Biden being a piece of shit. And I want you all to really listen to this. And if you have a question about it, you need to do the research yourself. What China is doing to their Uyghur population, roughly, jeez, oh I don't know how many there are. There may be 15 million of them. 15 million people in China are being systemically captured, sterilized, placed in uh, forced labor camps, forced labor camps, okay, forced labor camps, and no one says jack shit about it because I love LeBron James and I like buying my sneakers. And, you know, Mark Cuban said they're not that bad, uh, you know, but let's focus on, you know, uh, all this, uh, you know, critical race theory bullshit. There are people in this world right now suffering at the hands of a totalitarian government based on their ethnicity Period. So if you ever come in contact with someone who wants to give you the business, call you a racist and say that you don't care, why don't you ask them how they feel about the Uyghurs in China? And they'll be like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. The last time to answer Josh's question, I think, in recent history, the last time the U.S. stood by and did nothing while millions of people, well, almost a million, a little bit over a million were massacred over about a 10 day period was in Rwanda. That happened so fast that Bill Clinton really couldn't even react to it. It happened so fast, we just couldn't react to it. But that's the last time we sat back and watched that happen. Now it's like watching it happen in slow motion. If you think it's going to fucking stop, it's not. And Chinese are probably some of the most racist people on earth. And Uyghurs are not really the same race as Chinese. I mean, they're horrible. So I want to send Roger over the edge real quick. Here, here, here's, here's my favorite one so far that, that Roger just – this is something that Roger, I could see him lobbying on Capitol Hill for something oh like Lord. this. Oh, Lord. Exa- <laughs> <laughs> executive order guaranteeing unemployment insurance for workers who refuse to work due to COVID-19. Oh, <laughs> so – <laughs> that's that's safety issues and you know what i just don't feel safe because i might catch covid 19 and i could wear you know three masks and be in a bio suit i, I don't feel safe at work because i can still get it you will still get unemployment insurance even if you are completely able you just don't feel comfortable doing it and what do you say about people not wanting to go back to work roger i'm gonna tell you well one let me go back to the uyghurs 12 million uyghurs uh 12.5 million in china so uh, the number is, is huge. We're not talking about 1,000 people, 500 people, 50,000 people, 100,000 people, 500,000 people. You're, you're talking about, what, like 12.5 million. Uh, so a huge number. When it comes to that insurance, I, I go back to my belief, okay? Well, I guess now Josh has something. Go ahead, Josh. We'll just call this the Josh Show. Sponsored by Culper Canteen, <laughs> Culper's Canteen no. Cup. <laughs> No, man. And so Luke is 100, 100% spot on, right? We are one of the only countries in the world who are willing to send our citizens over to die for somebody else. You know, it's like back – so you, you guys remember back uh, – Right, right. The evasion for Iraq. Um, I have my issues with Colin Powell. Right. But 
Colin Powell was spot on. Colin Powell was England at a pretty big conference, and the Archbishop of Canterbury asked if our plans in Iraq were, you know, George Bush empire building, right? That, Colin Powell was asked that. And Colin Powell said, you know what? Over the years, the United States, we've sent a lot of our fine young men and women in a great peril to fight for freedom. And I'm reading the quote, beyond our borders, and the only amount of land we ever asked for was enough land to bury our dead. And so a lot of people, a lot of people forget that. And, I, you know, I, again, I might just call him Powell, but that's absolutely 100% true. We only ask you go over to, you know, Normandy and France and Europe and all those countries that we, you know, that we liberated along with the Brits and the Canadians. The only amount of land we asked for was just enough to bury our dead. And that, and that brings me real quick. And then I'll, I'll turn it back over to Roger and I'll, I'll shut up for the rest of the show. <laughs> so Joe Biden, senior advisor, uh, Simone Sanders, uh, and Joe Biden said this as well. And he said it, it, it came out a couple of days ago and it it infuriated me to no end. It infuriated me to no end. I, I, I damn near lost sleep over it. When people who have never, ever, ever picked up a weapon and stood a post say, quote, America has never lived up to its ideals. That bothers the shit out of me. That absolutely, God, dude. I, oh, hey, Joe Biden, Simone Sanders, whoever else who believes that America hasn't lived up to, to her ideals, I want you to go, go to the Lincoln Memorial, fucking walk up to the front of the Lincoln Memorial. I want you to keep walking. Walk around it, go across the bridge, and you're going to run into the gates of Arlington National Cemetery. Inside Arlington National Cemetery is a lot of fucking people who lived up to the ideals of America. That, that killed him. And to, to know that that guy is the president of the United States and say that America's never lived, to her, lived up to her ideals, that just, dude, that eats at me. That, it, it absolutely 100% eats at me. And that's why I think Joe Biden's a colossal piece of shit. So, all right, Roger, I'll shut up now. Sorry. <laughs> At least we know how you how you feel now, and I don't necessarily disagree with 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 that, especially with the whole America never living up to its ideals. But it, it kind of goes back to Barry's wife, uh, you know, proud, finally proud to be an American, or for the first time, proud to be an American. Really, the first time, the only time. That's it, really. Okay, but back to Luke's thing that I was trying to get me fired up, and I had this conversation earlier today with somebody. This is what I'm convinced of. And my, and my, my percentage is going to be off, plus or minus, whatever, because it's, it's all scientific. But at least 60% of the people just don't want to go back to work. Just call it what it is. They want to stay home in their house, collect their, play, you know, their paycheck, and go party like a rock star. That's what they want to do. And yes, I'm talking to a lot of the teachers out there. Talking to a lot of the teachers, especially the one that, that we can't go back. People are dying. And she was like you know, on vacation in like Puerto Rico or some shit like that, right? Or wherever in the hell she was. It's like, uh, actually, you're, here's a picture of you in your bikini on the beach, really. So you're, so COVID's going to kill you, huh? Right? But I guess she was isolating. So my problem is just call it what it is. Just say there's 60% of the people that don't want to go back to work, period. And then you've got a percentage of the population that legitimately are vulnerable, not just to COVID, but to pneumonia, to the flu, to the common cold, whatever. And to the folks that are truly vulnerable, you do what you got to do. You take the extra precautions, what have you. But then you've got this other percentage that I don't know, what is it? 25% or whatever that they've listened to the fear mongering for the last year. 
so much that now they're buying into it and they are truly scared. I mean, I can tell you right now from going back east to here, it's a totally different mindset. You get around the Beltway, I mean, there are folks that are truly, truly scared because they've sat there and they've heard it for 10 times a day over the last year and you hear it enough, you just eventually start to believe it. But I believe that the majority of folks just don't want to go back to work. And then as an employer, how I'm supposed to cover your unemployment because you don't feel safe to come back for something that's got a a 0.06% mortality rate and a 2.7% fatality rate, which by the way, again, we can argue this point all day because it's actually way less than that. That that ropes in the uh, you know the older population, and oh by the way, for you stat majors out there, that's based on 328 million uh, people as a fixed number, right? As a fixed population, not that you know people are, are being born every day and there's more and more people and and people are dying or whatever. So we don't even go down that road. I just give you the numbers where they're at. Uh, you're still talking at 2.7% and 0.06%. Oh, and oh, by the way, how's that working out for New York? Because now they're finding out that the the deaths in the nursing homes, yeah, the New York AG, who's a Democrat, I believe, right? Oh, by the way, yeah, um, so the number's probably twice what was reported. Probably twice. So to your unemployment thing, you know, it goes back to, Josh said it before, I think in a social media post, and, and I don't mean this to be condescending or, or whatever, but... If you file your taxes on a 1040-EZ, one, I'm jealous, but two, I really don't give a shit about your thoughts on economic policy and unemployment and this and that, because, and it's not because, and I should take that back, it's, I don't mean it to be such a broad swath, but there's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot that goes into this. Who plays into unemployment insurance? Uh, where does the money come from? What do you do to small businesses? Okay, it goes back to one of the executive orders, $15 minimum wage executive order. And it's funny because I was on a social media page and the lady literally got there. She posted because Colorado went up to $15 a while ago. And she is like, this has had no impact on or no negative impacts on small businesses. You guys need to get over and start you know, paying people fair wages. And I'm just like, no, I don't track Colorado, you know, Colorado a lot. So I just did a simple gurgle and the, like the first hundred articles are how it's destroying small businesses in Colorado. I'm like, you just totally pulled this out of your ass. It wasn't even like a, uh, hey, two of the top five articles were showing how there's no impact or, or whatever. It was like every article was like, yeah, this is killing us. You totally just made that shit up. And then like 150 people, because it was like on WBABC News or whatever, went in and liked it and hearted it. And yeah, heck yeah, man. Heck yeah, man. Hey, let me break this down to you. Uh, last time I checked, you know, working as the cashier at McDonald's, uh, which I'm not picking on, but that necessarily wasn't meant to support a family of four. Right? You should set, if you really, if that's your goal, you should set higher goals because uh, I've had my kids and my kids both worked in the food industry when they were 16 years old. I'm like, get your ass out, get a job, pay some dues. Right? Uh, That's what that's meant for because it's like, hey, you're going to go to college, you're going to get educated, and you're going to better yourself and you're going to work and make more money. The, Money and, and I'm not arguing whether it needs to be raised or not because the I think the federal minimum wage is still like seven dollars and some change or whatever. And re- realistically, it probably should be higher. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying that it shouldn't or whatever. Really, just looking at the mandate of the fifteen dollars, but you should be paid based on the skill set. And that's gone. And, and it's and nothing. Nothing nowadays is merit based. Nothing. It goes back to picking uh, Kamala Harris. Right. I'm qualified for the NBA believe it or not. I am qualified for the NBA, but I would be a very shitty NBA basketball player. 
I'm qualified because I can pass a physical. All right. Qualified doesn't mean that you're going to do well. Qualified doesn't mean that you have great past performance. Qualified doesn't mean that you have good experiences. It's always like, well, I have experience in this. Okay. Well, was it a good experience or a bad experience? Right. So it's just, it, it, it kills me with this whole thing. And, and going back to, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit here. I got a million things that are just like running through my head. Because we, we started this whole thing off with the, with the climate czar. John Kerry, they bring him out of the woodworks. The dude's family owns a private jet. So let me break that for you. Break that out for you. His carbon footprint on his private jet is going to be greater than all three of our families combined for our entire lives. Okay. I, I, not a scientist. Uh, I can probably, I feel pretty confident making that claim. Okay. Um, and oh, by the way, he lobbied against an offshore wind farm that was going to be built off the coast of his Massachusetts house. So it goes back to the good enough, you know, good enough for thee, not for me. That is one of the reasons why Great Britain pulled out of the EU. Because you got some dickbag in, in Brussels telling you, hey, you can't use that hairdryer. By the way, we're getting rid of the plasma TVs because they use too much energy. Your carbon footprint's too high, but let me get in my private jet and I'll fly around the world. And burn more fossil fuel in the one trip than I will in an entire lifetime. That, that's part of the problem. It, it's gone a long way, and, and obviously I wasn't alive back then, but it's, gone, it's come a long way from the old victory gardens, right? Because back then, when you had World War II, it was like, hey, everybody needs to put in, and everybody needs to tackle this challenge, and everybody needs to come together, and this and that. Well, no, it's, it's, not, it's not everybody. It's you need to do this, but not me. And that's my problem with a lot of this stuff. Going back to the Keystone Pipeline, and I'll, I'll end on this before I kick it back to Josh, the... It's crazy on how many people are trying to... Now, if there's a good policy that comes out, I'll be the first one to call it. Hey, great policy. Sounds great. Rock and roll. But there are so many people that are trying to defend this Keystone Pipeline. So one, and I posted it on my Gab page and my Facebook page. Contrary to popular belief, there is already a pipeline that runs from Canada all the way down right to, to Louisiana. A lot of people don't realize that. There, it actually starts... Uh, I've got the map here in front of me. Starts in uh, Hardisty, Alberta, Canada. Runs through North Dakota, South Dakota, down to uh, Steel City, Nebraska, I think. Uh, splits off east to uh, Potoka, Illinois. And then another line continues south through Cushing, Oklahoma, all the way down to Port Arthur. That already exists. Uh, what this other pipeline does is really a beeline straight from Hardesty straight down to Steel City. Okay, and it is going to carry some American crude, contrary to popular belief. It's not going to be a huge amount, but it is going to carry some some crude. What kills me is one of our followers, or not even a follower, because I think she hates the show and probably hates us, or actually at least hates Luke. But uh, came back and they they published, they basically fact checked it. You know, were eleven thousand union jobs lost, and you know, Politifact came out and and was like. Um, you know, well, you know, this is partially true. Or actually, I don't even know if they called it partially true versus uh, partially false. But the comeback was where they were temporary workers. Not that jobs are going to be lost. They were temporary workers. Those 11,000 were temporary. They were only going to be there for two years. 
And, and so I guess, you know, I guess that's what I should do to, you know, to console those folks is, is just tell them, you know, those 11,000 folks and Canadians and Americans, right? Both, not just Americans, but, uh, Hey, you know what? I, I would feel bad for you, but, uh, to make you feel better. Hey man, the job was only temporary. You're only going to be doing it for two years. It's not that big of a deal. Get over it. And oh, by the way, according to John Kerry, uh, you can just go make solar panels. Right? What the hell, man? I mean, it's just like it doesn't even make sense to me. The guy, the guy has already done more to eliminate jobs. Hey, I tell you what, up in my town up here, uh, not Apache Junction. Actually, this is <laughs> Apache Junction, believe it or not. I, I was at the, uh, I was at a, a, a McDonald's about a year ago, and when you walk in the McDonald's, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have probably seen this. There was only one cashier, but there were like eight electronic terminals to place your order and then if you had a specialty order right you went to the cashier or if you had a problem you went to the cashier hey do you know why they do that you know why businesses do that because one of the most expensive you know portions of running a business is the labor and when you jack that price up because they say $15 an hour by the way it's not just $15 an hour that might be the direct labor rate but a company pays at least 50% higher than that just to break even on that employee. That's a fact. By the time you get through with your federal tax and your unemployment tax, your insurance, your overhead, your GNA, uh, you know, all the way down to your, your actual fee, most companies, if you're lucky, you only have to charge an additional 50% to break even. If you're lucky. So it's not just a straight give this guy, gal, $15 an hour. No, it comes out to, oh, by the way, you're going to you're gonna pay them now $22.50. That's going to be your cost per hour, not the 15 And we haven't even got into making money yet. You know, so a lot of these people are talking this stuff. It's just they're, they're, they're whacked out of their heads. But that's what happens. When you raise this stuff unnaturally, right? I know that's a word, right? You just, it, it, when, you, when you artificially raise that amount and you just arbitrarily pick this amount, that's what happens versus the market adjusting to it. And I see it all, you know, as a hiring guy right now, I see it all the time. There are certain jobs that we have that require a, a, an advanced skill set, an advanced degree. And guess what? Those folks are harder to find. And what happens to those wages? They go up. We have to pay more because it's based on merit. Not just, well, hey, you're a nice guy. You're a nice gal. Uh, yeah, you know, you should be paid $15 an hour. So I know I'm on a little rant here, and I haven't even covered all the other executives. I think, like like Luke said, you know, we could probably do a whole three or four hours on on you know all the executive orders that come out. And and I tell you what, if there's a good one that comes out, hey man, I'll applaud it. But so far, the ones that I've seen, and and I guess I can go back to to quoting uh, Jen Pasaki because day one she was like, hey, we haven't even been in office a day yet. And then day two is like, we've only been here 48 hours. And then day three, it's like, we've, you know, we've only been in here for three days. And then I heard her say on, uh, I think it was Tuesdays or Mondays, hey, we've only been here for six days. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who wants the next, this next one here, whether it's Luke or Josh. How many days can she go and say that? I mean, can she, can she push that all the way out to two weeks, Josh? I mean, can she say, hey, we've only been here for two weeks? Or, hey, we've only been here for a month? Because don't forget, even though the guy campaigned for an entire year, on Donald Trump does not have a plan to tackle the coronavirus. Hey guys, I know you elected me. There's not a whole lot I can do to change this trajectory over the next couple months. 
right? So how long, Josh, how long can they play the, uh, hey, we just got an office car? I mean, I think in Joe Biden's mind, he just got elected yesterday because I think it's just, a, it's like Groundhog's Day. It just keeps replaying. It's like, I won yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 the inauguration was great. And they're like, hey, that, that happened eight months ago, guy. Oh, shit, you know? I, so I'm trying to go back to think like, you know, when you, when, when you did a PCS and you went and replaced somebody, I think you could blame the last guy for at least 60 days, like 30, like, like 45, 60 days. You're just like, hey, man, like, you know, give me time. I'm trying to, you know, change the culture. Right. Uh, that takes that, that, that takes time. But after a while, yeah, man, that, you know, you're you're all out of schlitz and uh, hey, it's it's on you. Um, you know, you, so you talked about the Keystone Pipeline, the, the the Keystone Pipeline, one of the things that happened under Donald Trump, which had never happened in the United States before, is that uh, we were no longer dependent on foreign oil, right? We were the largest exporter of oil in the world, and that that was significant when you go back and you look at where we were you know, in the 2000s, where we were in the 90s, the 80s, and damn sure where we were at during the gas shortages, you know, in the in the 70s. And part and parcel of that was because we opened up land not previously open to exploration and drilling. And now what has happened by shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, uh, Coupled with the executive order that put a moratorium on drilling and exploration on public land, you know, and federal land, both. You look out west, and people like you know, federal land. People think, well, federal land's only like military bases and stuff like that. You look out in the western United States, and you look at the amount of bureau of land management land out there. Federal land that's out there is huge. It's massive. Um, and again, like, I love the outdoors. I don't want, you know, I, I don't want an Exxon Valdez, you know, to happen. But at the same time, I would rather assume that risk. I would I would rather assume that level of risk than de- be dependent on Venezuela than, rather than be dependent on Saudi Arabia for our energy needs. Right. And, you know, people so the Keystone Pipeline happened and, you know, Trump issued the permit for him to build. And, you know, a lot of people had the ass. A lot of people didn't have the ass. And I get it. You, you know, you can't make everybody happy. But, you know, one of the main arguments was that people were like, this pipeline's going to ruin the environment. OK, well, there are environmental studies done, which happened all the time, anytime any construction, you know, major construction happened, there's environmental studies. When they build a new interstate through an area, guess what happens? An environmental study. They they just put in a man-made lake down near where my parents live. And I mean it's a it's pretty significant. It's probably I wanna say it's a fifteen hundred acre lake. Right. So the Army Corps engineers went in and put it in. It's not you know, it's not insignificant. It's not a wet weather pond. Right. And so there was I mean, it was years of environmental studies, which are mandated. And I'm OK. And that's fine. I'm OK with that. You know, God, heaven forbid the red cockaded woodpecker, you know, stop us from, uh, you know, producing the you know, the most oil in the world. But people are like, it's going to damn it's going to kill the environment. It's a pipeline and pipelines are bad. And, you know, it, it, it's going to happen. As of today, there are two point six million miles of pipeline in the United States of America. 2.6 million. 
right? And so I'll break down the numbers right here. 2 million miles of natural gas, 320,000 miles of gas transmission and gathering, and 175,000 miles of hazardous liquid, and 114 active liquid natural gas plants that are connected to natural gas transmission and distribution systems, right? So that's kind of the rough, the rough order of magnitude, uh, if you will, of the 2.6 million miles of pipeline. So tell me again which pipeline is going to ruin our water. Which pipeline's going to kill the fucking protected, you know, tree frog, you know, with orange spots, whatever it is, which, which, which pipeline's going to do that? I don't think it's going to be the Keystone. I don't think, I don't think that's going to be the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. So, you know, when people talk about that, when you start coupling all these things together, we have watched gas go up here in North Carolina in the last week gas has gone up 20 cent and now reading it today go 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 gurgle it yourself boys and girls they are now talking about in the white house increasing the federal gas tax so the federal gas tax right now is what 17 cent a gallon right so 17 cent for every gallon that you put in your car that's the federal gas tax that's not the state. That's the federal gas tax. Now they're looking at raising it. So that whole, like, we're only going to tax people who make $400,000 and above, yeah, that's bullshit. Because guess what? Last time I checked, people who make less than 400000 they still got to put gas in their car too. Right? Why do they have to do this? Well, because you morons, they have to pay for all this quote-unquote free stuff. They have to pay that $1.7 trillion to the Paris Climate Accords. Where do you think that money was going to come from? You just think they're going to hit the, you know, the button on the money machine and it just goes burr <laughs> and it just spits out more money? You think that's how they're going to do it? Are you truly that stupid? Some of you really are because, you know, the, those of you who voted for Biden, you truly are that stupid. You think the money for uh, college loan forgiveness you think that money? You think that money just disappears with the push of a button? No. Those loans are going to get paid. Guess what they're going to get paid with? They're going to get paid with your tax dollars. You think they're just going to hit the money machine and make it go burr? No. They're going to tax your ass. You think all the free stuff? You think free college? You think you know they're pushed for free community college or free college in general? You think all of a sudden who pays for that? You think the people who make only, you know, only the people who make above $400,000 are going to pay for that? No. Are you stupid? Well, you voted for Biden, so you probably are. You're going to pay for that. You're going to pay for that. You know why? Because people are like, well, I shouldn't have to pay anything for college tuition. Okay. Who's paying the uh, professor's salaries? Who's paying the janitor? Who's paying for maintenance of those facilities? The federal government? How does the federal government generate revenue? I know some of you failed fucking sixth grade civics. That comes from tax dollars. They just don't hit the money machine button and go burr. It comes from taxes, you idiots. They're going to tax the shit out of you. They are going to tax the shit out. They're already talking about raising the federal gas tax. 17 cent? What is it going to be? You know what they're talking about? They're talking about a 40 cent federal tax on gas. They were talking about it today. 40 cents. 
on gas. What do you think is going to happen? How does most most of the goods get moved around the United States? How do you think the Amazon truck gets to your house? That shit ain't running on propane. That shit ain't running on electric, buddy. That UPS truck, guess what? That's not made by Tesla. Elon Musk didn't put a big-ass battery in that truck. So what do you think is going to happen to your goods and services? They're going to go up. They're going to increase the cost on you. On the electric thing, right? Because that's been the big push. And Chevy said they're going to be exclusive, you know, electric vehicles. Where does electricity come from? I I believe it comes from generators. And I believe I, 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 now you can get I, it from the sun and you can get it from the sun. You can get it from water, right? You can get it from hydro, hydroelectric yeah, right, dams with, with turbines. But I, I don't know. A lot of generators, I think they run. I correct me if I'm wrong. I think they run on gas and petroleum. Oh, you like your clothing? You like your, you know, your polyester, you like your, you know, your fleeces, you, you like your Patagucci. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? The shit's in that. Oh, oh, you want a vinyl fence around your house? You want some plastic shit for your kitchen? Guess what's in that? Petroleum. Guess what's going to cost more now? Morons. That stuff. Well, but you're too fucking the, stupid the to ver- realize that. Yeah, the the. All, all, all six of our audience members know they're stupid, Josh. Enough. Enough of calling our audience members stupid. They are. <laughs> I know you're not. He's not. He's not. Six of you guys listening, guys and gals listening out there, we know you didn't vote for Biden. No, but it's, it's, it's um, this is what I struggle with when we get in, when I read people's comments and things like that, you know, talking about the uh, Keystone Pipeline and arguing, saying, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't, I don't like the Keystone Pipeline because it pollutes the environment. We need to, you know, get away from fossil fuels. You know, some of these people that are uh, writing these comments and stuff, I know they're not completely stupid. They're not completely stupid. They are able, deep down in the recesses of their mind, to understand how big of hypocrites they are because they're driving their cars and stuff like that. They really care that much about it. Do you have a hybrid vehicle? At least a hybrid. And if you don't have a hybrid, did you get the most economical car you possibly could? Are you putting nail polish on your fingernails every night? Now that you, well, we'll talk about the transgender uh, reversal in a moment. Oh, but, shit. You know, are, are you, uh, you know, are you putting a new vinyl, uh, vinyl siding up like Josh said? I mean, I, I think that a lot of people live with a lot of guilt now specifically on the left and they they just can't help it because it's drilled into there. You shouldn't like this. You shouldn't like that, but you have to live with it every single day. And it's just, it's not possible to live like Greta Thunberg or whatever her name is. It's just not how, how she wants us all to live. That is not possible. And, you know, so I know these people live with a lot of guilt. Uh, we try our best not to be hypocrites every single day. It, you know, it's tough sometimes. You know, you got to practice what you preach. You know, that's, that's a hard, hard thing to do. I think the three of us try to live like that. You know, one, one guy I know out there after I'm, I've been listening to this podcast with an objective ear, one of our listeners, one of the few, old Titus is out there and he's going, oh, nah, nah, nah. What is, you know, all you guys are doing is ragging on Biden. You sound like three angry white dudes with maybe some Asian, you know, slipped in there somewhere. Y'all are just angry. What, you know, you're just ragging on Biden. Now, you know, I'll say one thing. And Roger, Roger and I had a discussion about this and I I think he thinks I'm, I'm crapping all over contractors. I'm not, I'm not. 
But I, I've done a lot of research. I was trying to write a book a while back, and I still may go back to it, about the criminal justice system within the United States in particular, particular California. And you know what I found in my research, I, I saw something I'd never seen before, and I didn't expect to find. It's a lot the same way as I, I felt when I watched the documentary Making a Murderer. Um, I was like, man, something's wrong here. You know, the criminal justice system, and, and re- I do believe it needs to be reformed. In certain private prisons, in California specifically, uh, now this is the part where Roger's like, no, nah, it's better. Well, I, I do, maybe, maybe it is, but I do think it needs to be reformed. I don't think they need to be uh, paid per head to keep them, you know, um, cheek to ass, however it's, it's called, you know, nut to butt or whatever. I, I, I think that that particular portion needs to be uh, reformed. Um, so Joe Biden did sign an executive order limiting, I, you know, I, it's an end reliance on private prisons. And he says the he's been he's directed the attorney general not to renew Department of uh, Justice contracts with private prisons. Now, that's where I smell a rat. I'm like, boy, that's a big step. That's that's a really big step. Is that really reform? Because, uh, you know, you can't change something like our criminal justice system, uh, the Bureau of Prisons overnight. It just it can't happen. And a lot of that is on the state level. Federal prisons are actually run a lot better than most state prisons as far as how I believe they should be run. You know, and then you throw something I halfway agree with in with all this other fluff. I'm like, well, this is obviously just made, you know, this was thrown in there to make somebody feel good. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, with all this other fluff, it's like, okay, this this just goes in with the rest of the fluff. It's just to make people feel good. See, I'm like Trump. Maybe Kanye will come and see me and maybe Kim Kardashian will come in here and wiggle her ass. So, and I'll say I'm, I'm, you know, being easy on criminals, you know, and try to do criminal justice reform. See, I'm just as good as Trump. You know, I mean, I don't know. So that I, I could say that's one thing that I kind of like, okay, well, I could see there's a need for that. At least it was addressed, but whatever. It doesn't go very far with me. I'll tell you the most shocking thing that happened to me this week is I actually saw a tweet from AOC that I actually agreed with, and I could not believe it. Maybe I'll try to pull up the tweet here in a minute, but I... And this is what we're going to talk about next is, um, you know, I think a few episodes back, uh, the three of us were talking about a, you might see over the next few years. I'm not talking about the next four years. I'm talking about the eight, next four to 12 years, a confluence of a special type of populism where you're going to see Antifa and people like the Proud Boys and BLM all come together under a populist banner. And you may not like what it looks like. I can guarantee you the establishment won't like what it looks like. Uh, I think what we saw, you know, all of this unrest, the BLM, the Antifa, the Proud Boys, you know, what you saw on January 6th, that shit is not going away because Joe Biden is president now. He's not going to bring everything, everybody together. Nobody could at this point. There has to be a fundamental change in this country moving away from polarization and away from the progressive corporatist authoritarianism Otherwise, this populist movement is going to start showing its teeth. It, it, I think we saw a little bit of that. I'm going to let Roger kind of tell you about it. But there was a very interesting phenomenon that happened in the market. I think it kind of started last week, but it really kicked off on Monday and really shook a lot of people up. And I think while Roger's explaining it, I want everyone out there to keep this thing in mind while Roger's explaining. How long did it take Congress 
to come up with a plan to give the American people $600. How long did that take them? It took them a while. Just keep that in mind as Roger is saying this. And, so, and then ask yourself, how long will it take them to come up to the, with the regulations that will keep this from happening again? And then you tell me if our quote unquote leaders in Washington give a shit about us. Well, it's funny because you talk about the AOC tweet, and I think I sent out earlier that Rashida Tlaib basically sent the same thing out. I was like, holy shit, I actually agree with both of their tweets. And then did you see Ted Cruz tried to reach across? I agree with her. She's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. You need to resign. <laughs> so, it was classic. He's like trying to reach across the aisle like, hey, we're some bipartisan effort because they've already called Unity. for hearings now, right? The Senate's already called for for hearings on it, but... Long story short, for those that do not follow the market, so you have hedge fund companies out there, and one of their strategies for investing is to short a stock. So I'm going to kind of dumb this down for for people the way I understand it and, and what helps me out. So basically, Luke has a share of whatever, uh, and it's uh, it's at $100 you know, for that piece of share or whatever. So what I essentially do to short sell that is... I borrow his share and I sell it for the $100. I'm assuming the price is going to go down based on history and performance and and the company just being a piece of shit. So my assumption is for easy numbers sake that the, I'm assuming the price of that is going to go down to $50. And then what I'm going to do is because Luke's still out of his share, I'm going to rebuy that share at $50, give it back to Luke. So now I just made 50 bucks. Now you do that on a on a grand you know scale, and you can make a shit ton of money betting on the failure of companies. And the problem with it is, it's not just. It reminds me of that guy. What's his name? Tusa. I think it's Tusa, uh, the guy who HGE that initially called their you know their demise and and whatever. It's like every time there's an uptick, he throws out some you know analytical report to try to tank it again. And so anyway, there there are a number of companies out there. There's probably about 25 or 30 that historically, man, they just get shorted all the time. And so you kind of see this and you can take advantage of it in the swing trading, but uh, you know, they go up and down, up and down and, and GameStop was one of them. Uh, no, uh, Nokia was another, AMC was another. So anyway, this actually started, I think back in November, believe it or not, when I went back to look at the Reddit and some of the charts. Uh, so there's this guy, uh, I think, believe it started with him. And then it was, uh, the Reddit group, uh, was it wall street bets or wall street beats or something like that. But, uh, he's basically like, Hey, we're going to F these dudes. So basically there's a, there, there's a Melvin hedge fund company. And then there's another individual, his name skip, you know, uh, skips my mind off the top of my head, but they're basically like, Hey, we're going to screw these dudes. We're going to screw these dudes or betting on, and I don't know if he's, there's some personal vendetta going on there or whatever, but he's like, we're going to screw these dudes because here's the problem with, with short selling. Your losses can be infinite. There's no cap. So I bought, I borrowed Luke's share, sold it for a hundred bucks. Uh, what if it goes to 200? Well, Luke still wants his share back. So now I got to buy 200. So now I'm at a hundred. What if that share goes to 500? Now I'm at 400 bucks, right? So that, that share can go, it's infinite. It can go up to whatever. And that's what these guys and gals did over at Reddit. They said, you know what? Fuck this. Everybody were pumping GameStop. And so this stock, what, Luke, what did it start out at? It was like four bucks or something like that or six bucks. 
So it was like four, five, six dollars or whatever. So the last that I checked, um, the high was like three hundred and eighty dollars. So these guys and gals, right? Who let, let's say let's go at the high number, eight bucks. They shorted it, said, okay, it's going to drop down to six because you can look at, at trading patterns or whatever. Said I'm going to I'm going to sell it at eight. I'll buy it back at six and make two dollars a share. Uh, at $380, they lost $372 a share, uh, from all accounts. And, and it, it's private, so you don't know the exact numbers, but somewhere, everything I've been reading is, uh, they lost somewhere between three and $5 billion in this. Okay. Because everybody in Reddit was pumping everything up, keep the prices up. So it went from eight to 20, to 50, to 100. So for those out there that are listening, if you own like uh, Virgin Galactic stock and if you own a couple other companies out there in Nokia, you see these bumps, these huge bumps and there's no news. That's why, because a lot of these investors said, you know what, we're going to start pumping all of these stocks and we're going to screw the short sellers, right? The problem I have with all this one, I have no issues with individual investors doing that. There's no insider knowledge there. You're pumping it off of your own rhetoric. The problem is a lot of people are going to get screwed because you have to realize it's like selling your house, okay? You can have a million-dollar house, and it might be valued at a million dollars. But if nobody's willing to pay a million dollars for your house, guess what? You don't have a million-dollar home. So what ends up happening is it's like early in, early out. And we were talking about this yesterday. It's early in, early out. These folks that initially started this pump, believe me, they're out of the game by now. And now they're on to options is what they're doing, right? They're using options to basically say, hey, I think this stock's going to go up and I'll sell it at, you know, another, at a higher price or whatever. Um, but they're using options and keeping the crowd pumped up to continue raising the price. So now here's what happens. These guys and gals get in there and let's say you're the last 25% to buy in and you bought in at 350 or 380. I, what did GameStop close at today? Anybody know? I'm, I'm it, it was right like now. I thought it was like two two sixty four. So it closed like at one ninety three. It was like two sixty. One ninety three. Holy! It crap. closed at one ninety three, and after hours, it's it's uh, one fifty two. So these guys and gals went out there and bought these shares from three fifty to three eighty. That last twenty five percent, right? Because we're with the cause. We're with the cause. Okay. Well, according to Melvin uh, Capital, whatever the hell their name is, they had already settled their short sales. I mean, they were already done uh, as of I think it was yesterday or something like that. So all these people are with this cause. At the same time, you've got this stock. You you've got the stock of a shitty company. Because what happens is, okay, now I'm at 380. Now I want to sell it. There's nobody out there buying it. Okay, your Robinhood account might say 1.5 million, but if there's nobody out there to buy that share, it just sits, right? So now the price starts to drop because now people freak out. Holy shit, I just put in $380 or $350. I'm, I see it's a 193. So now everybody just, you know, they're looking for that parachute. I just, I need to get something back. I need to get something back. So you just start to see it you know, being dumped on the backside of this. And this is just, it goes into bigger issues. And I'll turn it over to Luke. Cause I know he's got a thought on it. A lot of your brokerages out there suspended trading for those specific accounts. So you got to the point where you couldn't buy GameStop. You couldn't buy Nokia. You couldn't buy AMC and a handful of others. I think they listed like 10 of them. And it led me, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm just like, man, you know, that's, that's good policy because I remember last time when I was losing a lot of money in a stock, I remember Robinhood saying, hey, we won't allow anybody to trade that anymore. 
because you're losing money. I remember that happened. No, actually, you know what? That never did happen. What happened was the hedge fund went to members of Congress and went to the SEC and went to these other folks and were like, hey, you need to freeze this shit. So Robinhood, I think even Webull, TD Ameritrade to an extent, Charles Schwab to an extent, basically just said, hey, you can't trade AMC, GameStop, Nokia. Now, I'm not talking about the circuit breakers, right? So there are circuit breakers that are automatically built into to company stock. And it's there, which one, I think this is all bullshit anyway. It all comes from the great fucking recession. It pisses me off. It's a whole nother conversation on this thing because it pisses me off. But, you know, the, the Federal Reserve also created during then, but they have these circuit breakers that they build into these things so that if a stock goes up too fast or drops too low, they just freeze it. Right. And I think we saw it, uh, during the, you know, uh, last year during the coronavirus, when it first came out where the Dow Jones hit every circuit breaker, they freeze trading for 15 minutes. And then if it continues to fall, they freeze trading for 30 minutes. And if it continues to fall, they freeze it for an hour and then there's percentages, right? So I'm not talking about those circuit breakers. Uh, they just said, Hey, look, we're just not going to let you buy or sell. So my problem is now if I've got these stocks and I want to sell, well, actually, let me take that back. Let me correct myself before somebody dimes me out. They allowed you to sell, but wouldn't allow you to buy anymore. So you could sell your position, but not buy. And the problem that I have with that is, so now I have all these shares. I can sell them. Well, if you're not allowing anybody to buy them, who the fuck's going to buy them? They're gone, right? And that to me gets into market manipulation. Okay, that's where this com- these companies are saying, hey, look, I'm just not going to allow you to buy or, or whatever or conduct future transactions on these because, you know, the hedge fund got involved or the SEC got involved or whatever. So I know they're going to go into to hearings with it. It's going to lead to much bigger problems. But, uh, Luke, what's your, uh, what's your thought on that? Well, yeah, yeah, I kind of lost, lost my train of thought there because I was agreeing with you so much. So I was getting so excited. But- <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, it remains to be seen. You know, the, there was one particular investor who sunk quite a bit of money into this. Uh, we'll call it a scheme, uh, not negative or positive. We'll just call it a scheme. And he brought a lot of people along with him. And I think it remains to be seen how many and how much money they gave. But it was a grassroots movement. Right. Uh, I really doubt that there was any kind of you know, a uh, strange quasi hedge fund, you know, maybe out of a garage somewhere, they were trying to, uh, to pump this up so they can make a quick buck. Uh, but it was truly the grassroots, a bunch of people uh, getting together and deciding to do something. There's what, like 2 million now, people on that forum or yeah, it's like two or 3 million on that people, forum. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But then, then you have the three of us on the forum and you know, it's, it's hard to put these thoughts together. I really don't have a problem with what happened and I don't have a problem with people losing money on it. If it comes out that this thing was a scheme by the guy who sank, you know, how much ever he sunk into it, uh, I kind of have a problem with that because I mean, he's manipulating people, but at the end of the day, you allowed yourself to be manipulated. I mean, when Roger and I and Josh first started talking about this, it was just yesterday, I think early in the morning for me, but it was, uh, no, not early in the morning, but it was around noon for me. So it was early in the morning for them. And dude, yeah, I could have, you know, gotten rid of my entire portfolio and sunk it all into uh, GameStop. And I probably would have made a little money if I would have just stayed in it for like two hours and then backed right out. I probably would have made a good money, but I got more sense than that. It's like, is it worth the risk? 
no, it wasn't. Not for me. Not for Roger. And I don't think for Josh. Josh hasn't told us yet, even though he's wearing a new gold <laughs> chain around his neck. I, he's got I gold. He's got some gold grills. But <laughs> to, to me, you know, to me, anyone who is willing to take the risk, you know, I, you know, hey, I'm sure a lot of people are going to lose their ass on this, man. And they're going to learn a very painful lesson about risk and about being, uh, you know, impetuous and, you know, being uh, very impulsive. Uh, I think a lot of that comes with age, but you know what? <laughs> I want to know what kid is out there that has ten thousand dollars to lose in the stock market. I mean, hey, you know, whatever. Maybe it's going to turn out bad for these people, but I don't have a problem with it because it's more pure. It's more pure. People learning lessons on a small level. There's no safety net, and you know what? They'll probably they'll dig themselves out of it most likely because they got t- that ten thousand dollars or how much ever for a reason. Now, it's th- what they did yesterday is the exact, or yeah, oh, since November, like Roger said, which really took off uh, late last week and early this week, is the same thing these giant hedge funds do. Everybody's seen the big short. You know, that Melvin uh, Corp, whatever they are, that Melvin hedge fund uh, is insured by BlackRock. They have a huge safety net. Not only do they have that safety net, you know, in the big short, the safety net was the American taxpayer. So they can run willy-nilly. And if you think the stuff that these hedge funds are, are doing on a day-to-day basis is like less screwy than what happened on Reddit, man, I got a bridge to sell you, man. I got a bridge to sell you. You're going to love it. And I'm going to invest all that money into GameStop. But anyway, <laughs> these hedge funds are running fast and loose. They're doing screwy stuff. They're skirting the law, driving prices down, driving them up so that they can make a profit. The problem is they have a safety net, a huge safety net, and they're playing with other people's money. All the people, I would say the majority of the people that invested in GameStop, that was their own money. They chose to do that. And man, whoever did it just to make a stand said, you know what, I've got got 500 bucks. I'm going to sink it in here just to make a stand and stick it to Wall Street. Man, good for you. And I don't know what's happened to me, man. I don't know if I'm turning into a communist or what, but I, I'm really sick of, uh, you know, what happened uh, in the housing crisis, you know, what you see on Wall Street. With, you know, the more you read about hedge funds, the more pissed off you get. It's like, uh, it's like uh, was Jared Diamond in uh, The Big Short uh, played by, what's that kid's name? Oh, damn it. Oh, what's his name, the actor? He's in everything. Come on, Josh, you know. Oh, uh... It's not Martin. No, not Martin. Ah, I can't think no, of his name. We're getting old. Whatever. His name's Jared Diamond in the in the in the show, I believe. And he said, "It's does it sound complicated? It's supposed to, because you're not supposed to care about it." But what I saw, what I saw on Reddit and reading through all these things, these are just normal people, man. You know, two million normal people who took the time to do some research, really dig into it, and be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a risk here. I mean, I saw it as a good thing, but I no, saw it as a bullshit. populist They movement. didn't sit there and do the research and say they're going to take the risk. You had a handful do that. The rest of them were like, hey, I've got a way to make a quick buck. Because at the end of the day, and I have no problems with it, right? Because I think what we saw today, and I know Josh has got something, and I just cut you off. But what we saw today, because everybody, we, we were saying it ourselves, right? Government regulators, they're going to jump in. And it's like... Just sit back. This shit will take care of itself. Capitalism works out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, absolutely. And, but, and what's happening is yeah. now there's a class action lawsuit against Robin Hood. They've already yeah, filed it yeah. in, in Southern New York. Uh, these folks that that went in and just said, "Hey, I'm trying to make a quick buck at 380." Guess what? It's a life lesson. Then they probably won't do that anymore. I mean, it does work itself out to an extent. Yeah. Well, I think that I, I'm not. I, I think that you're right. That the majority probably didn't do research, but the majority I think were are on that page for a reason, and they're actually 
probably more in tune than people were 20 years Nobody ago. Nobody that did research would pay $380 for a piece of shit stock No, $380, of like course, GameStop. of course not. But, but at $40, at $60, at $100. No. Because I mean, here's what happens. At $40, nah. you hold that stock, and in March, they release their earnings. They're like, wow, you still suck. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If I see, and I'm going to start monitoring this again. If I see something like this happen again, I'm getting in on it. Not at $380. No, Not at $380. I didn't say I would invest and make but money off of you, it, but don't tell me that you're doing research and like, oh, this is a strong company that's worth, you know, that I'm going to make money off of. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I think that a lot of people who did invest knew what a hedge fund was and understood kind of what was going on. I I don't know. Maybe I, I have more no I definitely way. have more faith in no people than, than you and Josh. Have you do, read the Reddit comments? You, you, what's that? I said have you read the Reddit comments? These motherfuckers don't know what a hedge they're fund all, is. They're the, all the emojis. majority they're of them all emojis. don't. That's fine. You just want anyway. more government regulations which you want. You want no, the government no, no, no. to step I'm in and fix everything. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. You want who, the government to step in to the government and and fix everything. Hey, audience out there, audience out there. Josh, you got something to say. Who, I'm going to mute who, Luke. Who went, Hold on. No, no, no. I'm I wasn't. Luke. I wasn't done. <laughs> You're muted. I wasn't done. Nobody can hear you. you. You're muted. You cut. You cut me off. Then you I just cut muted me you. Nobody no, can no, hear no. you. Go ahead, Josh. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I know you guys. I know you guys remembered everything I was saying about. Think about how long it took the federal government to give you six hundred dollars. If this does happen again. And, uh, you know, it didn't upset the market, but it caused a couple of little blips and a couple of little waves across the board. It really did. A lot of senators were getting phone calls. SEC was getting a lot of phone calls. Maybe this will all play itself out. But if this happens again, you watch how fast regulations will come out. You watch how fast Congress will act on this. And then ask yourself, do they really give a shit about me? So you just showed your white privilege. You just showed your white privilege because you think that because I'm Asian, uh... I qualify for the $600 stimulus. Thanks. I appreciate that, that Luke. That's a stretch. That, that's exactly what that you just said. No, it's not. You just said that, you know, my $600 stimulus, so I'm assuming that because I'm Asian that I, I don't make above the threshold to qualify for the stimulus? Anyway. You've been reading, uh, well, you've been reading uh, Woke AJ Todd again? Roger's still <laughs> mad about the contractor slam I did a minute ago. Now, Roger and I agree on a lot, and this is one thing is that, like Roger said, dude, if they would have just let this stuff play out, the market would have worked it out. No regulations were needed on this one. But there will be regulations oh, coming yeah. down. You're right. And say goodbye. Say goodbye to your TD Ameritrade account. Go ahead, Josh. Roger and I are done barping <laughs> at each other. <laughs> so a few so a few thoughts on this, right? So all three of us, we, you know, we all follow the stock market because you know we all have uh, you know, we all have some, you know, vested uh, financial interest in it. And uh, so the first thing I'll say is I kind of find it ironic, uh, you know, Robinhood. So you have a, a, a company named Robinhood that is upset about the common man making money off of the rich. All right. So I'll, I'll, so I'll start with that. I kind of find that a, a, a little ironic, but that's neither really here nor there. It kind of reminds me, and, and I posted it uh, earlier on social media, and, you know, Candace Owens said it. So remember when everybody, you know, a lot of the little people like us, you know, kind of around the election, especially right after the election, you said, you know what, we're done with with the tech giants. We're done with Facebook. We're done with Twitter. We're going to, you know, we're going to move to parlor. Uh, you know, we don't like censorship. We don't like government intervention. And, uh, you know, you looked at Amazon Web Services and you looked at Facebook and Twitter. They moved very quickly to shut 
parlor down. They, they you know they, they and they're actively trying to shut you you know Gab and and other social media platforms down or marginalize them. It reminds me a lot of that. Uh, you know, as Candace Owens put it. You know, Wall Street and, and big tech are, are, are truly criminals. Uh, I do believe I, I am a big fan of the free market, right? I, I'm, I don't believe in a whole lot of government intervention. I, I didn't agree when Bush bailed out the banks. Uh, you know, that's, that's one of the main sticking points I have with, with W is bailing out, you know, Fannie Mae and, and Freddie Mac and them. When this when this initially happened, you're looking at it and you're like, holy smokes, these hedge funds are literally losing billions of dollars. And I didn't care. I, I, I don't care. I don't care about the people who, you know, jumped in on this, the common people, you know, like us who jumped on on this and they're they're going to lose their ass on this. Right. There are going to be people who are not going to be able to pay their mortgage payments. There are going to be people who are not going to be able to put food on the table. And I don't know if I don't know if I'm all screwed up because I have no empathy for them. But I truly don't care because, you know, when you look at the stock market, every stock I buy is not something that I just jump in on willy nilly. Right. It's something that I have looked at. I, I kind of have OCD when I come when it comes to my hobbies, when it comes to things that I'm interested in, when a thing comes to things, especially when I commit my money to it, my hard ass earned money that I that I did not earn through my white privilege. That was just, you know, money that was handed to me for doing nothing. But, you know, money I look at that like I study that. I look at it and I'm like, I don't you know, let's look at the history of this. Anybody who looked at the history of GameStop was like, these people aren't going to last another 12 months. They're going to be out of business. Why? Because I don't have to go to GameStop to buy my video games anymore. I can buy it straight from the Microsoft store on my Xbox One, download it onto the hard drive. I don't have to go to GameStop for anything. I don't need to go get my Zelda coffee cups from GameStop. I Amazon that shit. Right. So when you look at that, it's like, hey, man, this is not a good business model anymore. It worked. It, it was good when it was, but it's not anymore. And that's fine. GameStop has not evolved to, you know, to, to move on. You're not making GameStop's not making its money off of used video games that is paying you a dollar for, you know, trying to sell for 20. It's just not. So when people when people sit there and you know they're like oh dude this stock is going up oh my god it's going i'm getting in on it you know like luke said at 40 dollars 60 dollars at 80 and then you turn around next thing you know like that shit's back down at four dollars a share i yep i mean that's your fault man <laughs> it's just so hard okay i'm sorry it's so hard for me and our mindsets the three of us because we talk about this stuff a lot <laughs> let's say that I got in at $80. And Roger and Josh are like, you're crazy. You're crazy. And it shot up to $300. I would call into work, take a vacation day, and be tracking that. And the second, and I would set a limit. It's like it said $300. If it goes to $290, I'm out. Right. And it's just like, I don't understand somebody who watches it go down. It's just like, and I get you, Roger. I'm sorry I cut you off, Josh. I'm talking too much. I get you, Roger. Once it goes like down to, you know, 220 or where it's at now, who's going to buy it, right? Well, I'd be out long before then. 
That's why I'm with you, Josh. I don't give a shit. Dude, if you're stupid enough to sit here and watch it tank, dude. Well, and the posts already show Lesson it. learned. But, and, and this is where the problem comes in. The posts are already showing people like, oh, I'm down 2K, I'm down 4K. And everybody's like, just hold. You got to hold. You got to hold. Here's an update real quick because we talked about, you know, Robin Hood blocking this stuff. So I literally, the email came in like a couple minutes ago from Robin Hood. An update on marketing conditions. Uh, hi, Roger. It's been a tough day and we're grateful uh, we're grateful to you for being a Robinhood customer in light of the extraordinary market conditions this week. We've temporarily limited buying for certain securities this morning. Starting tomorrow, we plan to allow limited buys of these securities. We'll continue to monitor the situation and may make ad- adjustments as needed. So I don't know if that was like in response to the uh, class action lawsuit, because I got out of Robinhood a long time ago, like last year, when they... Uh, uh, they froze trading for what, like three days it went down? I mean, people literally yeah. lost like thousands of dollars because their their app just crashed. The platform crashed like three days and you couldn't trade anything. But anyway, yeah. it is working itself out. So, Josh? It, so the Robin, you know, so the Robin Hood thing, when they, last year when they crashed, yeah, because I was on Robin Hood. Right? It was like, all right, Robinhood, yep. you know, because you, you, know, hey man, you sign up for Robinhood, they give you your free stock, and you know, when you sign up, blah blah. It's like, okay, let's check this thing out, and all of a sudden it crashed. It was down for three days. It's like, I can't have that, right? But going back to what I was saying is, you know, when you're in the stock market and you're you are, you know, a, a commoner like us, man, you're not invested. Like you, everybody has their four hundred one ks. Everybody has their you know, whether they're, whether it's our, you know, the Ross or whatever, like, you know, you have a diversified portfolio and then most people have that, that portfolio that they play with, right? This is my, you know, my $5 stocks that I buy. And if I, dude, if I lose a hundred bucks on it, if I lose a hundred bucks on it, I'm not, it, it's fine, right? It's kind of sucks because it's a hundred bucks, but at the end of the day, like my family's still going to be able to eat, even though, you know, I, w- I was playing with that. But when you start, People are investing like I'm going to drop two thousand dollars in this thing. It's like, man, I'm going to I'm probably going to do a little bit of due diligence before I do that. And if yesterday that stock was four dollars and today that stock's three hundred dollars, oh, I'm I, out. Yeah, I'm I out. I don't know that I'm. I got out a four. long time ago. <laughs> yeah, right. And so it's no to me the stock market like that when you're buying individual share, you know, shares of an individual company and you're not investing. In, to me, dude, that's no different than going to Vegas and going to the blackjack table. That's no different than going to the roulette table, man. You're at that point, you're gambling. If you're not doing any due diligence, you're going in blind. You're like, oh, this stock is up twenty percent. Hey, here you go, two thousand. Give me two thousand dollars worth. Hey, man, you lose that. That's on you. That's that is one hundred percent on you. I don't care about it. I think it's absolutely hilarious that a bunch of rich ass people lost a lot of money, you know, on the in, in the hedge funds. To me, again, I don't, I don't care about that. I truly don't. I don't hate rich people. I don't lament rich people. I think one of the problems we have in this country is that people don't take responsibility for their personal actions and they try and blame everybody else. You know, it's. You know, used to when you saw, you know, Mr. Johnson drive by in his big black Cadillac, it was, man, if I work hard and I'm smart and I make good investments, I make good decisions, I can have a big black Cadillac like Mr. Johnson, too. And nowadays, you know, now it's, well, why does he need that? He doesn't need that. I'm going to go fucking throw rocks at Mr. Johnson's big black Cadillac. And it's bullshit. Hey, man, if you. If you if you chased after that stock, if you were like, man, I'm going all in on this, I'm putting my entire life savings in this, and you just lost your ass, hey man, that's that's the risk. Risk, hey, ROI. What is your ROI? 
What is your risk on investment? If you didn't do your proper due diligence on that beforehand, hey, man, sorry about it. Sorry about it. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I like there's an Internet uh, personality. Her name's Bridget Fetasy. Maybe some of you guys have heard of her out there. But she tweeted out. And it's funny. I'm reading all these tweets now, and I'm off Twitter. <laughs> uh, I saw this on the Reddit thread, and there, she said, they locked us up, shut down the economy, and gave us $1,200. What did Americans do? They decided their new video game is fucking with hedge funds. I've never been prouder. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that's part of the point, right? It's like you think this shit would have happened if if we weren't locked down, man. People would be at work, and this would have never happened, man. God, that's true. Same as all this other stuff. And it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out at the end of the month, right? So you know, there's this this fictitious deadline or whatever, the, the Friday the 29th, and then oh, we're holding to Monday and. Yeah, there gets to a point where people do have a lot of money invested in this now. Now we're talking about serious cash. So, you know, I guess uh, hopefully during the next recording of Culper's Canteen Cup, we'll have a little update on, on to see where these stocks are. Are they still in the triple digits or at least GameStop anyway? Are they still triple digits or, uh, you know, have they fallen back down to, to the original price? So last go around real quick uh, before we close this thing out. And, and I know we'll have an episode on this. So we've got the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump coming up. And uh, I love Rand Paul. Uh, he basically got up there. And, and you know what? It's, it's, it, I'm not going to go too far in the weeds in it because it, it kind of pisses me off. He, he took a vote. Hey, it's unconstitutional. You don't even have a sitting president. Uh, one, and, it, and it's horrible as far as uh, the precedent you set because now you're basically saying, well, we can impeach anybody once they're out of office. I, I don't even know what that does. I don't even know why anybody would care. But uh, one, Trump was a genius by not uh, endorsing a third party and saying, I'm just going to back people in their primaries because it still keeps, it's like, oh shit, I don't need him to come out against my opponent or for my opponent, right? So he still keeps his name in the table. He's, he's still got some, some clout. Uh, so I think that helps him out. But uh, they took a vote to see in the Senate uh, to basically just shut it down. And, uh, you know, obviously it was overruled and 45 Republicans uh, voted to shut it down. Five Republicans uh, did not, and you know I won't even insult our listeners out there. Uh, you can go ahead and imagine which five Republicans, uh, you know, uh, voted uh, to keep this thing going. So I guess final thoughts before we get into it. I, I know next week we'll ha- have some more. I think it actually starts on eight uh, February. So Josh, uh, impeachment. What do you think happens? Hey, he's not going to get a piece. Uh, I read today where they said that uh, the Senate can censure. His uh, his actions, vice vice going forward with impeachment, they can just censure him. So, I, again, the whole thing, you know, like you like you said, are we going to set the precedents where we impeach a private citizen? And they don't even have, you know, and now the chief the chief justice John Roberts is even presiding over it now. It's uh, who is it, Leahy? That's presiding over the uh, the Senate trial now, right. right? So you have so you have a Democrat who has been very one hundred percent anti Trump presiding over the trial of who you know a person who is now a, a private citizen. So that it just it, 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 again, and if if Joe Biden again, I go back to Joe Biden, piece of shit. If Joe Biden was true to his word about, you know what, we need to, you know, we need, you know, unity, bring the country together. Joe Biden would say, hey, look, Donald Trump is out of office. 
this does not do us any good. This is not this is not move forward in the process of healing the country. Right? You don't feel healed? So I feel I feel the unity. You don't feel fuck, it? Fuck whatever, dude. Fuck that dude. <laughs> right? You, you 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 don't get to spend four years calling me a racist, calling me a Nazi, calling me every name in the book because I support Trump and all of a sudden we're unified and we're healed. That's not how this shit works. Right? So it, it, the the whole impeachment thing it's all it, it's all ridiculous. Trump did not incite. He did not say go to the Capitol and ransack it. Go to the Capitol right now and push your way through the barricades. That's not inciting violence. That is inciting violence. He didn't say that. It's ridiculous. Um, it, this is this is nothing nothing more than a, a complete one hundred percent clown show. That's it. That's all this is. Real quick before Luke. And I heard it this morning, and I, and I actually posted about a week ago on my Facebook page, and maybe Gab. Um, if anybody disagrees with that, and I'd be curious to hear this, what part of his speech incited violence? Because I went back through and read the transcripts of all of it, uh, of the entire speech. So I would like to know which part of that speech, you know, used within the context of the entire speech, right? Or at least those, those breaks, uh, which part of that actually incited violence? So I'll just throw that out there for our audience. Sorry, Luke. I know uh, you guys are calling me <laughs> an interrupting bitch just because you guys went on your monologues for like, you know, 42 minutes a piece. But uh, go ahead. <laughs> when Roger speaks, I get dumbstruck. It's like, God, there's so much intelligence coming out of this guy. I can't even keep my thoughts straight. So, yeah, man, Whatever. I don't like following Roger because I just my mind is just blown away. But, you know, hey, as far as the impeachment goes, the way I see it, it's only one one reason they're doing it, one reason only, so that in the hopes that he cannot run again and or to have some sort of leverage on him to but do But it doesn't stop him. Over it doesn't day. stop him from running again. Well, if he, I thought if he was convicted. No, it doesn't stop him from running again. It, it does not okay, stop him from running again. Well, but that would be the end of it, though. I mean— they're just it, it's it's leverage. Uh, Mitch McConnell's using using as much leverage as he can over Trump. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff still at play with Donald Trump and the Republican Party. I was shocked to learn last night that I just agree with everything Republicans say. So, you know, no matter what they say. So I guess, you know, whatever Mitch McConnell says, I guess I just agree with it. Right, guys. I mean, I don't I you know, Dan Crenshaw's he's a Republican. I agree with everything he says. Um so yeah, whatever the Republicans decide, I guess I'll just go with that. <laughs> I'm being I'm being sarcastic, folks. I don't agree with everything Republicans can say. And if you read our uh, Facebook page, I kind of go into uh, into depth on that. I feel like when a Republican turns his back on what I feel should be their interests, uh, I actually hold them in higher disdain than I do uh, Democrats. So yeah, that's kind of. The I thought you were going to talk about the transgender ban reversal. Maybe we'll save that for another show. That's a good one. The executive order. Frankly, I give a shit less. I'm just so surprised that so many transgender people want to join the military. I had no idea. So, folks, I think that closes us out. We appreciate you sticking with us. We didn't mean to sound like uh, three angry uh, white and part Asian dudes, uh, but uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, thanks for listening. And I want to give one quick shout out to Shelly back there in Adkins, Texas. Thanks for listening. She listens to every episode. Uh, Shelly, go to the Facebook page and comment because I know wow. a lot of y'all will message me, but not to the Facebook page. So go to the Facebook page and comment. If you're still on Twitter, hit us up at Culper's Canteen. Uh, is it Culper's Canteen? It's at Culper's Canteen. No cup on Twitter, but 
I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I don't care. <laughs> Thanks again to Carlton Zeus. <laughs> Thanks again to Carlton Zeus. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, keep plugging away. I hear there's an album coming out from him pretty soon. Until this, hang on for your freemium content right after this. Won't be long because we went uh, a little long-winded tonight. But until next time, keep your t- canteen cups full and tightly secured.